I'm so excited. Okay, my first question is... Oh, wow. Oof. Ooh, that's, a, that's something to start out with. Right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it depends on who's looking at me. I think I look queer. Yes. I think I I'm look trans. like the queerest <laughs> that I've ever looked. I think that now that I have short blue hair. For the most part, yes. I think like my haircut is... Definitely I like depends to on hope the day. that I give off the gay vibe. <laughs> Today, I think um, I do. The queer vibe. What is looking queer, though? You're listening to Looking, Feeling, Queering, a podcast about what it feels like to look or not look queer. Jason and I talk about normcore, the impossibility of blackness coexisting with queerness or androgyny, and our queer squad dynamics. Do you think that you look queer? I like to <laughs> think I look queer. What is looking queer though? Is that your? Is that gonna be your next question? No, but like for you, whatever, because that's like a super vague question. But like, what markers do you think make I, you look queer or not queer? I don't know. I feel like I'm stereotyping now because I guess like I have an undercut. An undercut? Is that an undercut? No. <laughs> this is not even a mohawk. My sides are shaped. Yeah. Okay. Which is like. Okay. Oh, hey. <laughs> like. A queer thing, I guess. Mm. And I wear flannels. <laughs> and I don't wear dresses, which is, like, something. I, I mean, like, there are queer people who wear dresses and, like, don't have mm-hmm. side cuts. But, like, I guess there's also this image of queerness. And it really depends. Because, like, like I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's fine. Any answers? I like to. Th- I think I look <laughs> queer. Like I. Cool. This is. Have audios. you ever? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been told by anyone, whether like implicitly or explicitly, that you look queer? I would say I've never been told outright I look queer, but so. I'm designated female at birth, and mm-hmm. sometimes my mom will be like, why do you dress like a boy? Which is, like, I guess... Yeah. Or, like, well, it's mostly comes from my mom, who is, like, a straight cisgender woman, who's mm-hmm. like, you look butch and things like that. So I guess, yeah, I have been told I look queer. Um, are there any spaces where you feel either, like, too queer or not queer enough? quote unquote like <laughs> looking for jobs maybe or like at really queer events or like at mix things like that okay so my experience with mix it was less about do I look queer enough and more about do I look naked enough? <laughs> <laughs> um but um I don't know because definitely in like a not a professional setting because even when I work like at work I like dress generally how I always do but when like actually interviewing for jobs I sort of I don't try to, like, mask it up as much as usual. Um, like, sometimes I wear eyeliner and mascara, mm-hmm. things like that. Earrings, things that make me look dolled up and mm-hmm. professional. And then as soon as I get the job, I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> Surprise. Um, do you think your outness in different spaces might have anything to do with, like, how you would choose to present yourself? <sighs> long complex I mean um <coughs> something I find really interesting so I found this out recently I usually don't befriend people in my classes because mm-hmm. they're not that long and I don't care enough about them but um in my current cultural foundations class I'm sort of becoming friends with the girl I sit next to and I knew she was queer because I accidentally read her Tumblr description but like <laughs> 
she knows I'm queer, but I never said it explicitly. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing she picked it up based on how I look. And also, like, at the end of my current professor for that class, I also had last semester, and I never spoke to her about my queerness because, like, she's my professor. Like, yeah. But at the end of the semester, she asked me, out of, like, the 25 people in the class, like, how she should go about introducing pronouns when, like, <laughs> students, like, introduce themselves. So, like, she definitely read me a certain way based on how I look. So, like, I don't know if this... This doesn't really answer the question, but, like, I'm not, like, really out. There are, like, settings where my queerness is not, like, on the table, but it's still, like, read to other people, I guess. For sure. For sure, for sure. Um, I want to talk about hair. Specifically, hair length, and also dye, and also body hair. All of those things. That wasn't a question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, interesting enough, I have weird feelings about hair as well, because, like, especially right now, I'm thinking of getting extensions so that, like, my hair grows and I don't have to, like, deal with it as much. But then I'm like, well, I still look queer if I have long hair. But then it's like, but my hair is purple. And, like... (laughs) this is especially interesting to me because having colored hair used to be like something that was such a queer thing and like if you saw someone with like a non-natural hair color it's like oh they're queer but like lately like it has shifted where like straight people are also like Mm -hmm. getting green hair and like dyeing their hair like purple and stuff so like I come to find like there's this one class I'm in where there's a lot of people with like pink hair and green hair and I'm just assuming like those are the fellow queers, but then, mm-hmm. like, they're actually not the fellow queers. It's just mm-hmm. people with dyed hair. Body hair is an interesting thing to me. So as someone who's designated female birth and still read as a woman, in a, a woman in a lot of spaces, and even, like, my mom reads me as, like, a cis lesbian, that's interesting to think about because a lot of lesbian culture right now has a lot to do with, like, not shaving your body hair and all that, which is yeah. was something Super that's white. very ingrained into, like, me growing up. So, like, I sh- like I shave every once in a while. Like, my... I don't typically shave my leg hair because it, it takes too long and mm-hmm. it's pointless. My leg hair is not that long. But, like, after... At, like, some, like, a certain point, after a few months, I do shave my armpits and things like that. Is, like, (laughs) having body hair, like, a queer thing? (laughs) I don't know. Do you have any feelings about piercings and tattoos? (laughs) That's an interesting thing. So, piercings? Even back when I was, like, yes, I am a cis-head straight girl. I, like, like, in eighth grade, well... Okay, I never was like, yes, I'm a cis-hetra girl, but that's a different story. But, like, <laughs> piercings, to me, has... Piercings are interesting, because it's, like, queer, but not in... When I say, like, piercings are queer, I don't mean them in, like, queer as in, like, LGBT. <laughs> I mean, like, queer as in, like, what queer meant before. It was a derogatory term for, yeah. like, LGBT people, as in, like... Piercings I associate with, like, a punk rock scene, yeah. which is not necessarily career like like there are straight pop punk people who like get piercings tattoos is also similar but i have a weird relationship with tattoos that's like outside of my queerness and i'm gonna talk about my mom a lot because my mom and like my appearance and like my queerness all go hand in hand um my mom like my mom hates tattoos on like air quotes women (laughs) my mom hates like 
tattoos on women and is like they make girls look manly and like hmm. women can't wear like beautiful strapless gowns if they have tattoos and I find that rhetoric so interesting because one I don't identify as a woman and like mm-hmm. this is something like I generally tell my mom everything like my mom like when she first found out I was queer she wasn't happy about it but I was like this is me that's mm-hmm. it but like one thing my mom and I have never discussed is like I am actually quite interested in getting many tattoos in the near and also not so mm-hmm. near future and I know my mom <laughs> is not going to be happy about that but like her main she says she thinks tattoos look ugly on everyone but like when she's talking about how much she hates tattoos it's always like women don't look good with tattoos and I'm like well if I'm not a woman like (laughs) does it matter but like yeah yeah so tattoos are also something tattoos I feel like like go beyond sexual and gender identity I feel like just anyone could have a tattoo yeah you you brought up like like punk and stuff like that and like just kind of alternative and I've been thinking about the like relationship between like queerness whatever that is aesthetically and like punk or alternative or like radical or whatever Mm -hmm. um and like I think there's a lot of overlap I think there's also a lot of differences um Mm -hmm. and like thinking about it like maybe it's like a Venn diagram maybe but I've been thinking about the like radical paraphernalia like buttons and patches and stickers Mm -hmm. and stuff and do you do you do that I have thoughts on this. So I never put buttons on anything that I actually own because they always just fall off. But Mm -hmm. I like to, like, have buttons. But also, just, like, there's this word I found out about recently called normcore. (laughs) Well, okay, I don't know exactly what it means, but, like, aesthetically, in terms of appearances, it's basically, I've heard, like, queer people use it to, to describe their other queer friends who, like, don't have funky hair colors or tattoos or piercings or, like, are, like, so obviously (laughs) queer. It's, like, they use this word to describe, like, their normal-looking queer friends, right? Or, like, how it was defined to me initially was literally, like, queers that look (laughs) straight. And I'm, like, okay, but what does that mean? (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, this interesting connection between the underground alternative and, like, queerness. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of that is, like, rejecting quote normal yeah. and so like whether that's yeah. because you like are into people of various <coughs> genders or like want to like listen to the music that like your parents hate or whatever like there's just kind of like a rejecting and like because the normal is so solidified a lot of the rejecting can look the same but not like necessarily at all yeah it's interesting um do you have any feelings on makeup and jewelry, besides piercing. I admire people <laughs> who can do it, because I can't. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. When I first was, like, coming, like, when I first was, like, coming into my non-binary identity, I tried to reject everything that's, like, coded by society as femme. But then again, like, even when, like, I id like, a certain way, I never, like, could navigate the makeup sphere that well. Mm-hmm. And makeup is, like, hard and confusing. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> lately, I... Well... I always, like, do my eyebrows. Well, not always, but, like, I do my eyebrows more often than any other form of makeup, and I find that to be easy. But, like, eyebrows, like, your eyebrows have (laughs) to, like, look good all the time. (laughs) But, like, and, like, sometimes I wear mascara, which I also find to be easy, but lately, like, mostly for special events, but sometimes otherwise, I've been trying to put on eyeliner, but it's Mm -hmm. also, like, really hard. It's It's so hard. hard. (laughs) Yeah, like, I'll do one eye, and then I'll be like, Mom! 
Yeah, you Hell. get the first eye, it looks beautiful. Yeah. And then and what then the fuck do you like, do? What? <laughs> this wig. But yeah, um, makeup's a very... And I'm speaking from someone who's a designated female at birth, because I know, like, makeup and jewelry and things like that look differently for someone <clears> who'd be, like, designated male at birth and what that looks like. And even for other defab people who are, like, femme-coded, right? Like, I don't wear makeup and or wear dresses but i know people that do and it looks differently and it's like empowering in a different way and it's not just sort of like oh i don't wear <laughs> makeup because that's not mask because like i don't consider myself to be masculine and i'm not trying to be yeah. i just like i mean there was a time where i did have that mindset and i was like wait a minute makeup is for everybody and then <laughs> now i'm just like yeah. Makeups are everybody, but not me, because I can't put it on. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about, like, what androgyny looks like, or can look like, or is allowed to look like, in terms of, like, white, thin mask, um, and just, like, what is, who's allowed to play with gender on, like, <laughs> I don't know, the bigger scale. That's so complex for me, oh. because, like you said... Androgyny is often looked at as like the skinny, thin, defab white person mm -hmm. who's like wearing I'm, like a blazer. Yeah, who's like wearing a blazer with no visible like breast or any yeah. curves or anything like that. And I'm just like, I could never <laughs> really be that. And like, first coming into my non-binary identity, that was like a huge problem for me. And I was like, is this what I'm supposed to look like? Because this is impossible. Like, I would be like. Like, I would look up ways to lose weight so that I wouldn't be as curvy, but then I'm like, this is just, like, mm. how my body is built. But coming into college has been really interesting because I've met people who are, like, of color and are, like, androgynous. And, like, my mom 